Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. I have a question. I have one. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> See, one of the benefits of writing the blurbs for the uh, the podcast episodes is I actually have it written before me. Um, so the question from two from the last episode that we left off with was: if you could see anyone in their rookie season, who would it be? Oh. Mr. Clark, Timu, as I think. Oh, oh, oh. That would be mine. Oh. That was mine. Yeah. Oh. 76 goals in one season? Heck yeah. Mainly because, I mean, at least, you know, with other big names coming out of, you know, either the CHL or whatever league the Indianapolis Racers were in, there was some fanfare for certain prospects. How much was there for Timu back in the day? So seeing a guy kind of come out of nowhere, although I, I think he was highly regarded at the time, um, would just be kind of fun and unexpected. When when you know a guy is going to be good, like, you know, McDavid in his rookie year, yeah, he was fantastic, but it was like there was no surprise. There was no coming out of left field moment. Um, and I feel like there was with, with Solani. So that'd be a little more exciting for me than well, watching the best to the best. And the other thing, too, is that, I mean, sure, Solani came over when he was like 22. Um, but he scored 76 goals in his rookie season. 76! Who does that anymore? <laughs> so it not only would have been like... You know, somebody coming out of nowhere or almost out of nowhere who's putting who's who's exciting to watch, but it's also someone putting up insane numbers in his rookie season. The unfortunate part, of course, is that he was actually in Winnipeg at the time and, and you know, having to watch Winnipeg. But um, he was still fantastic coming over from Europe, larger ice surface. You know, he comes into North America, plays his rookie year in the NHL, and boom, you know, 132-point season, which I don't think he ever got really close to after that. I think he, 109 is the closest in point total, and 51 goals was the closest he got to his rookie season. But, I mean, still. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. What's yours? You guys really sometimes piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean sometimes? My my job here is done. I'll see you guys later. Because, <laughs> god damn it, I was going to pick Timo as well. <laughs> <laughs> Largely because he's the one. I got to watch it on TV, right? As a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I said previously, I really have tried to make an effort to go see the greats in person at least once. And 
I didn't want to go all the way back to the the Bobby Orr days because, eh, you know, I've seen Bobby Orr-esque players. But Timu was always the one because that whole... (sighs) Everything you just said. So good show, guys. Good show. (laughs) Thunder-stealing thunder-stealers. Killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Just, so sad. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thankfully, nothing else has happened in hockey since the last time we had an episode. <clears throat> <clears throat> Do I have to talk about that? Because that's no. really, really um, anger-inducing. I, 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 I will speak for myself. I think the less an old white guy says about this, the better. Because there's no excuse for what was said. There's no excuse for what was done. And it's 2019. Grow the F up, people. We're all in this together. Doesn't matter what race you are. We're all in this together. Stop being... Will Wheaton used to say it best. Don't be a dick. That's pretty much it. First rule of life, don't be an asshole. Yeah. How hard is I just, okay? You know what? Stop me, because <sighs> somebody somebody made a really really excellent point uh, earlier in the week. They said that you know if Don Cherry hadn't been fired already, he would be this weekend. And, and what was that like three weeks ago? Oh not God, that, not two? that long ago, but it feels like two <laughs> years at this point. And, and I'm sure every other, you know, podcast publication has made the exact same reference that I just did, because it feels like a lot has been dumped on our plates. So it makes me wonder, how the hell do the guys whose names are in the news feel? Like a weight is lifted off their shoulder or uh, please just let's, you know, get the microphone out of my face. I don't know. It's I feel for those guys, most of all. See, my concern out of all of this is, and I've said this repeatedly on Twitter, uh, is uh, the cronyism and nepotism in the NHL and certain people's careers should be over, uh, but I kind of feel like they're all going to wait for it to blow, quote unquote, blow over before they get rehired in like two years by a friend or a buddy. And, you know, certain people should not be allowed to coach in the NHL in North America, frankly, ever again, anywhere in the world, but there are places around the world that would be happy with that. So. Okay. I, I, I will just say one thing and I would please beg us all. Let's bail on this subject. This one feels different, Cassie. I hope so. You know, I hope so, too, for the sake of the game and for the sake of people playing the game. I hope so. It it may just, you know, things happen at a glacial pace sometimes, but I don't know. This one just feels different. So how about them Habs? Who? (laughs) The have-nots. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) There is there is no way to trans there is no way to pivot transition. I mean, there there's no sort of matrix 
neo style avoiding the bullet to get out of this situation and move on to something else. So well, there is, but then we'd have to talk about the maple leaves. Who wants to do that? Ew. I no. certainly don't. All right. Yeah, I, I have a, I, ha- I have a graceful way to pivot out of this. Please. Maybe. God. Hopefully. Um. So. I'm not sure both of you or either of you follow Black Girl Hockey Club. Yes. On Twitter. So they're finally getting some good exposure to uh, um, a group of people in Southern California, LA Kings fans, poor things, um, who are trying. Huh? Could be worse. Could be worse. Um, Who who are trying to um, build. Uh, inclusive, inclusivity, inclusivity, <laughs> uh, within the hockey fandom, and um, so this is the positive spin on what we were just talking about, or trying not to talk about. Uh, they had a CPC article done on them yesterday or today, um, and how they're trying to make being a hockey fan more welcoming for people who feel like. Um, they shouldn't, or they, they're not allowed to be doing that, I guess. So, you know, good on them. Oh, let me count the ways that I love the Black Girl Hockey Club. First of all, Renee, absolute gem of a person who, mm-hmm. who, who pretty much runs that account and has been spearheading this thing. Absolute gem of a person. Oh my God, she, there's, there are multiple layers of ass she kicks <clears throat> and i the the groundswell and growth of that community over the last even six months has just been fantastic to watch and i just i, I would sit here and just throw out all superlatives for what they're doing because damn it all it's fun Mm-hmm. And I wish to God they didn't have to go through this crap when, you know, the last two weeks comes out. Stuff like that comes out. Because, yeah. But like my doctors always say, the way out is the way through the fire. Sometimes you got to go through it to come out. So just have to deal with that crap every once in a while and circle the wagons and help them out as much as I can. Yep. So I love that article. Yeah. And I, and I know they're helping out with the, um, uh, black history month celebration that the NHL is touring in the month of February. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've actually been not all, I'm going to blow my own horn. Um, I've got a bunch of friends that I work with that I've asked, you know, of taking, sort of spread the word to see if they can't get some volunteers for when the Washington stop happens. Because apparently it is coming to Washington State. So I think that would be very cool. Just because, you know. We need more of that. We do. Good God, we do. We just, more, more, more of everything good. Less Mm -hmm. of everything that sucks. More little hobos <laughs> or little mandos. 
Um, Mr. Clark? Yes. Uh, what's going on with the canes? <laughs> they are who we thought a... we are. They are who we thought they were. I mean, that's, that's about how I can sum it up. Um, unfortunately, I guess it was a little over a week ago, I may have been cheating on you guys because I went on a different podcast that shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. And it's they're just. I think they're a, a team built to win in the postseason, and they are going to have ebbs and flows during the during the regular season. I mean, I think that's all there is to it. They Not are, everyone can be Colorado after all. No. Ah, <laughs> oh, we should all aspire to be Colorado. Oh my God! No kidding. Hey, let's lose, you know, eighty percent of our top end talent and still tear everyone a new one. Yeah. Yeah, I like how that's working. It's like, oh, we've, we've got Sack. missing talent. Who? What? And how many different goalies have they used to do it too? Yeah, that's, seriously, that, that's the craziest thing. It's it's it, almost it, Vegas like the number. Of I was about to make that same comparison. It's very reminiscent of their Stanley Cup run. But uh, they're a bit of a deeper club up front, if healthy. And you remember when Joe Sackick was being vilified for being Joe Sackick and moving in the things that he did? Mm-hmm. And the Matt Duchesne deal and all that other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you like Burnaby Joe now? <laughs> huh? 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 Once upon a time, things pre-internet era moved at like light speed because guys pretty much didn't know what they were doing. Like I can think back to the Bobby Clark run flyers and you know, he would just do things to do things all the time. And so if you grew up as a flyers fan, say in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties, you just expected, you know, massive changes and massive things happening. Now things move slower and slower and slower. Look at the dividends it's paying off for, for Joe. Well, I mean, a lot of former players who go into um, being GM or coach for that matter tend to be very cautious anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't want to make the quick move because they don't want to. <laughs> They're not comfortable with that. So... Uh. So that's part why, partly why, I mean, you know, they, they have to sit there and, and think about it and think about it and overthink it. And, <laughs> and then maybe it'll do it. I, w- I will not pull back into a topic that we wanted to avoid. I will not pull back in a topic we want to mm-hmm. avoid. How's that GM doing in Seattle? So anyway, has he, has he made any, uh, has he made any statements? I, I've kind of been, you know, intermittent in my Twitter use this last week. No, and nor will he. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't for, expect for so. reasons. But I will say what I have seen in my Twitter feed a lot lately that does make me happy. Instead of assuming uh, Taylor Hall will be traded to the Edmonton Oilers, that that Colorado may or may not be showing a lot of interest. And boy, would that be fun! I, I've seen that for like the last like month or so. I know. Ever since Rantanen went down. But for whatever reason, I think in the last week, it's kind of taken off, despite 
New Jersey fooling themselves into thinking they've stabilized things and they could, you know, work their way up into a playoff spot with. Well, I, I'm Louis Domingue joke. I, yeah, Dominguez. seriously, Louis Domingue and Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, my the the joke I made to a couple of friends who are from Toronto is that New Jersey is frightened that they end up with Babcock as the coach. So, you know, if they don't start playing, John Hines won't, you know, if John Hines were to get fired, they might end up with Babcock they're actually playing well. So it's almost like, you know, the carrot and the stick. If you do, if you guys don't start performing, we're going to. F- <laughs> Because you notice the Sharks have kind of, well, outside of the last couple of games, crap. Um, you, but you notice that some of the teams that were kind of crawling around and limping get up a little bit. Because <clears throat> they I don't mean, end up with Babcock. Just saying. <laughs> you know, to I'm that same saying, point. I'm just saying. So that same end, Minnesota is now Hockey 500. Mm-hmm. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. And it will. <laughs> Anything can happen, and it will. <laughs> you, you might. Something like Nashville playing up to their potential and, you know, bouncing the Sharks out of their, their self-prescribed comfortable space in a wildcard spot yeah. as we sit recording on the 30th of November. Yeah. I'm just gonna sit here. And go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say earlier is uh, I think part of the reason that Joe Sakic is that way is need of Pierre Lacroix. Um, I mean, Sakic was that way as a player, yeah, though, too. Be, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it was yeah, Joe's player, but. Just as a GM, Lacroix didn't make a lot of moves, but when he did, they tended to be banger-type moves, right? I mean, the first one you sort of think of... Well, the, the best example to me, obviously, is the Patrick Waugh deal. Mm-hmm. You know, robbery, Nelson getting Joe Thornton out of Boston, but uh, I don't know. I still think the highway robbery that Lacroix pulled off of getting... Law out of Montreal is just phenomenal. hardly gave up a day. The greatest goaltender. Um, you're cut, greatest you're goaltender. cutting out a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> the greatest goaltender um, in the NHL. I didn't think he traded for Hashik. Huh. Maybe I have my history back Play mixed up. Two. Huh. Playoff wins, oh, 200 playoff wins. Consmite, three consmite. <laughs> almost be like doing the 12 days of law. <laughs> One glass. Um, <clears throat> five Vezinas. <laughs> four Stanley Cups, three consmites, two coaching jobs. <laughs> <laughs> And a short temper. Yeah. All right. So uh, s- since we're on the subject, <laughs> I-, I thought of saving this for a uh, question of the week, but I-, I think this is a nice little pivot. 
How would Wah be doing as a head coach in the league right now? Dismally. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Patrick Wah. And don't get me wrong, I loved him as a goalie, but I think he has a hard time. He has a, first of all, you know, he has a substantial ego on his own. I think he has a problem with managing egos in any dressing room, especially at the NHL level. I don't know if it's a matter of actually how he coaches. I think it's a matter of he thinks he's doing what's right and everybody should just shut up and follow him. And... um, that doesn't necessarily fly in NHL locker rooms anymore. <laughs> Just what I think. Yeah. I, I do not F. think he has a temperament for NHL. Not even close to it. But I would say at least stylistically or uh, since half the players are still robots programmatically, um, he was doing things that would have benefited teams, you know, several years ago when he, you know, when he won the Jack Adams and before things imploded, where everything was pushed up, he was running man to man defenses in the defensive zone. And I just wonder with all the retread names he would at least be a fun and entertaining retread name to see back in the league at some point. So I think in New Jersey, and I put him behind the bench, two things are going to happen. Something's going to blow up at some point, but damn, will it be way more entertaining than anything a Babcock could, could ever do on that team. And I kind of feel like the Devils should be a lot more interesting than they are right now. They've never been an interesting team, though. That's kind of well, who they, they are. <laughs> for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I'll say the same thing about the Red Wings. Um, you know, those late 90s when they were made back-to-back cup finals, they were pretty freaking dull if it weren't for the, mo- you know, the perfect human being being on the team. So... I don't know. I would, li- I would like to see him in the league, just not in the province of Quebec. I think that's the worst place in the world for him. But it would probably be the best place in the world to, you know, watch things burn for him. I think he makes a better junior coach than a pro coach, just generally speaking. I can buy uh, that. Um, I Like Patrick said, I don't think he has the temperament for coaching in the NHL. I don't think he... Um, has the impulse control that he needs to successfully coach an NHL team. Um, because <laughs> again, you know, I mean, he's he's got a temper and uh, he uh, he wants people to do things his way, and um, I think he gets he has a lot easier time to get teenagers to do that than you know professionals so but again you know you're right it's like if you're if you're going for drama and and craziness and chaos and things imploding then he's your guy i'm not saying he's a bad coach i'm just saying that you know i just don't if think you he... want, 
If you want tears and anarchy, Patrick Waugh is your guy. Mm-hmm. So he, he could fall in the long line of he'd be great in year one, and then everything goes to shit. Yes. You know, he, the NHL already has that guy. It's Peter DeBoer. Oh, yeah, I was just about to mention him, but... <laughs> he, we have a couple of them, actually. <laughs> he's gone to the cup final, but he's never, you know, done anything besides that. Outside of Kitchener. Oh, oh can't forget Kitchener. No, you cannot. I'd be, I'd be honest, if you were to poll 100 NHL fans and ask where Peter DeBoer coached before San Jose... Who could come up with the correct answer? Hi. Florida? <laughs> nope. Nope. But and the, that was and one of the stops. It was. It wasn't right before San Jose, but it was still before San Jose. <laughs> oh, you know what? She's got you. She's got yeah. you. Yeah, you didn't say immediately before San Jose. That is true. Semantics. <clears throat> Those are some antics. Because I would say <laughs> I, I think I think you'd be more inclined to say Florida other than, and not the New Jersey Devils. So it's red jerseys on the East Coast somewhere. <sighs> North and South. Um, I wanted to go back really quick. Could you imagine Patrick Wall coaching the New Jersey Devils? Who is his Biggest arch rival. I know. I know. Have, you know, <laughs> that'd, that'd be, oh my God, that'd be They'd so They'd be working terrible. for the same franchise. Luckily They'd probably not. get along spectacularly. I've, you, you can't say that with a straight face, Captain. You just can't. <laughs> you can't. <clears throat> no. There's no way. I mean, I think the only thing worse would be, you know, like, president of hockey ops, Dominic Hoshik, and assistant general manager, Martin Brodeur, and head coach, Patrick Waugh. There Can we have that? A, <laughs> the, the, the Prudential Center would just be a crater. <laughs> because... It would just collapse oh, in itself. It really would. You know what? It would probably collapse into a singularity to just be a black <laughs> hole. Just, you know, dense, nothing could escape. Goalie black hole singularity. But if it was big enough to suck in the New York football jets, I think everybody would be happy at the end of the day. Because it seems like that that's the parallel. You're a Jets fan and a Devils fan. So they had their nice little run in the late 90s. <sighs> okay, now I... Now I want to see this happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm now I'm kind of getting on board with this too. <laughs> I just want to see the first press conference with Patrick Waugh and Marcan Brodeur on the same on the same um that stage there. Oh Hashik. my god. We need Hashik. No, we'll leave him out. We'll leave him out for now. Oh, oh he he yeah, he he should stay away. Uh, he can come back to Ottawa. <laughs> oh. Although Ottawa can't even afford to pay like five percent of their staff. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm sitting here the more. I I I got a big dopey grin on my face just thinking about the whole. Yeah, Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur working for the same team on the same 
trying to get the same end result. Okay. We need this chaos. <laughs> How we, we need this, this chaos happen? in our life. Patrick Waugh, head coach, the New Jersey Devils with Martin Brodeur as associate general manager. Yeah. My wife's in the room just sitting there giggling for me. Just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking chaos and anarchy. That's what we like. I think the only thing better is if Sergei Fedorov were to come back and, you know, be assistant general manager to Steve Eiserman, because apparently the blood feud between the two of them was pretty massive, fairly significant. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I like chaos, I gotta be a realist and say there's a snowball chance in hell that that ever happens. No, but you know snowballs with global warming i'm just saying it's supposed yeah. to dump here tomorrow uh nine inches so i've, I've got i'll have plenty of snowballs <laughs> and isn't it wasn't it aldous huxley that said that our earth is just someone else's hell so yes there you go we're all good <laughs> see we're good make it happen all right so what other chaos can we wreck then Ooh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I have lots of answers, but <laughs> they they venture down that road we don't want to go. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's I'm I'm finding it mildly entertaining that I'm starting to hear more of a groundswell support for making the three on three ten minutes. God, I hope so. Because they're, I, I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't know what they are. Um, but every time there's a shootout that goes beyond three rounds, people are just like, you could have played another five minutes of OT. It would have been far more entertaining than this. <clears throat> so. <sighs> please, for the love of God, especially if Taylor Hall lands in Colorado. <laughs> McKinnon and Hall versus Dreisaitl and McDavid. Oh. McKinnon, Hall, and Rantanen. Oh, no, no, no. McKinnon, Hall, and Makar. Makar's a defenseman. Yeah. Okay. Makar tell, tell could. Makar <laughs> has, has a case for heart trophy votes right now. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's always so important to have your defense scoring. Instead of playing defense. I mean, he can play defense, don't get me wrong, but it just kind of, it's still one of those things that annoys me that, like, you see defenseman scoring race, and I'm like, that's not the point of defense, though. (laughs) But they're contributing to the offense. I know, it's secondary scoring, blah, blah, blah. if, If they're getting the puck out of the zone in one pass, it's making it, you know, that's enabling the forwards to, score easily that's the, that's part of their job as well <clears throat> that's a secondary part of their job but i i'll give it to you oh. <laughs> I, don't make me harumph. <laughs> harumph, harumph, harumph i didn't get a harumph out of him um oh god no the three oh, oh. <laughs> or i could go to the hill that i'm dying on 
get rid of the loser point. How entertaining would that last six minutes of regulation be oh in a tie God. game? I, 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 why does anyone get a point for losing? This has always bothered me. It just like they didn't get a point for losing. They got a point for tying at the end of regulation, which made sense because when there were what's, ties, what's wrong with the tie? I hate ties. Don't don't get me started on that. <laughs> ties are evil. There's no point in playing a game if no one can win at all the time. <laughs> I, I disagree. You can equally be losers. Mm. So no points for ties either. <laughs> Give me 60 minutes of regulation. If you win, you get two points. If you win in your 10-minute three-on-three overtime, you get one point. But damn, are we entertained. And if no one were to score, you get nothing. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Say, I agree. I don't think, I don't think if you end up with an L in your standings you should not get a point for that i understand that you're getting a point for being tied at the end of overtime or at the end of regulation but if you get an l then why do you get a point <laughs> you're, you're breaching you the choir get, you technically didn't get an l but you did. It's on you get oh yeah overtime loss it's still yeah, a loss it's still but an L. In, what what were the first two letters again? It's still an L. What are the first two letters? I already said. It's still an L. Overtime. <laughs> Should we make it extra time loss? Because no. it's beyond regulation. If mm. you've survived beyond regulation, do you not deserve anything? Nope, if it's loss. If you, st- if you lose, you don't deserve anything. Even if it's beyond regulation. Yeah, St. Louis and Philadelphia, Washington and oh. Boston. <laughs> oh. Ouch. Hmm. Yeah, those are teams had- those are teams with five or more OT points in the standings. Yeah. Like, I've had people argue the- it's not fair. If they make it to overtime, they should get a point. And I'm like, since when is life fair? <laughs> never has been, never will be. Yeah, exactly. my seven-year-old still doesn't get it. Man, guys are harsh. Yeah. So, yeah, right. so I mean, basically, there's the gold medal in all Olympic sports, and then nothing else. Second place is still first loser. I'm just, I'm just saying, there's <laughs> the gold medal and nothing else, right? But that's international competition. That that has different rules. Different rules apply. <laughs> Consult your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> if you experience sudden loss of wakefulness, you might be watching international hockey. Um, <clears throat> fits of narcolepsy. Mm. Extended periods of dizziness. Or just like, just like I think if if ties are allowed then you shouldn't bother with overtime now we're talking and then we go to a simple what's your winning percentage mm-hmm. it's like why go to overtime if ties are allowed yeah man guys are harsh <laughs> <sighs> no really what's the explanation for that if ties are allowed 
why are you going to overtime? It makes everyone feel better. Yeah. It's participation time. What if you went to a three-point system? Three for a win in regulation, two for a win in overtime. And the losing team still gets a point for at least making it to overtime. No. No. Wow. I, I am okay with a 3-2-1 as long as there's no loser points involved. That way so we get, a point, we, there, we get a point rid of our false parity. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically, a team like Boston, who is in first place in their division right now, they've won 15 games in regulation. Why are they not okay. rewarded for that instead of being, oh, wait, their, gar- their division is garbage fire, so they'll be in first place. But <laughs> why are they they're neck and neck with the Capitals when, you know, they have only won? Uh, let's see. Oh, what's regu- 11 games in regulation. They eat out on, on three on three. Or, no, I figured it out. Here's how we simplify this. Five five on five for the first period, four on four for the second period, three on three for the third. I'm good with that. That'd be awesome. Now there's some entertainment for you right there. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes of... Uh-huh. <clears throat> Talk about how short the bench would be in the third, though. Especially the last half of the third. You'd have, like, half the bench playing, and that's it. Yeah, but you know, it's at, that sort of leads to those infamous playoff overtime heroes, right? Mm-hmm. How many times has the guy who scored in the game-winning goal in a multiple overtime game been the guy who's been sitting on the bench for the long time? You know, unexpected. He's only played seven minutes since, you know, we're in the third overtime, and he's only played seven minutes since the end of regulation. (laughs) He's got the fresh legs. How many times have you heard that? Mm -hmm. Boy, let's start encouraging teams even less so to employ those slow-footed guys because you'd want to maximize your bench in the second and third. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to make sure that you can continue to roll. You know, Otherwise, it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes of McDavid and Drivesidle and the rest of the time it's split between Cassian, Neil, Nugent Hopkins. Um, well... <clears throat> Oh boy. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to pull a shoot on this because the kids are out there decorating the Christmas tree. I've got my kids playing a harpsichord outside the office, so God only knows what's going to come through the store any second. (laughs) Apparently Mozart is coming through that door to play harpsichord. (laughs) Are you getting chamber music or something more written for a waltz or a quartet? You you have uh, awfully talented children. (laughs) 
You took that literally. Like <laughs> 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 Oh, I don't know what to think. <laughs> um, anyway. What's your question? Right now you're thinking, I like that other podcaster did better than these two goofs. Um, who is your favorite teammate rival in history? That's my question. There, NHL, you know, there's there's been some pretty infamous. These guys can't stand each other on the same team throughout history. Who's the best one or your favorite? Follow us on Twitter at 3v3 Podcast. This has been the 3v3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody.